Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. We are continuing with our international series. Today, we have a special guest on here, a student that Kemi worked with in the past. I wanted to open it up. Kemi asked me to open it up, and I said I would pass it to her, and she'll pass it to our guest. So I'll let Kemi introduce our guests a little more in depth. Yeah, sure. So when we were like sculpting the series, I was thinking it would be really, really great if we had a perspective from like an actual student that studied in the United States. So the first student that popped up in my head was Sid, Danny. And because Sid was always like such a great student, he always had a go-getter attitude. He was just constantly soaking up resources like on campus. And he always just stood out as a great student to me. I actually started um, working at Clark. I think you were in your second semester, I think, Sid, second or third. And then uh, you ended up graduating like during the pandemic. So we're going to, yeah. So we're going to talk about all of that. Um, But Sid, do you want to introduce yourself a little more about where you come from, your education, everything? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Kemi and Kiki. I really appreciate it. Again, I can give you my current background. Currently, I'm unemployed, like I just mentioned, but I start working for uh, Paramount Studios uh, starting Tuesday as a senior business intelligence analyst, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, before that, I worked with Regeneron Pharmaceuticals in the same similar space, business intelligence analyst. Before that, I worked with DHK and Associates, who have multiple clients like JP Morgan, Walgreens. So I, it was a consulting firm, but again, it was uh, more of a developer sort of position. So I've worked in many different spaces. But again, I would that was me building up my experience in the U.S. Because although I had two years of professional experience uh, back in India, uh, when you are applying for jobs in the U.S., it just doesn't work out the best way if you have not if you're not from a big four or a named firm. They don't categorize that experience that well. So you need to build up that experience. I always knew I want to be part of the entertainment industry, but no one would hire me because of the timing of when I started applying. So I'm very satisfied that finally I'm going where I wanted to go from the get go. I I mean, I didn't know for the first part, like when I came to the US, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. So you didn't say where, so where are you from? So let's even start there. Yeah, I'm from uh, India. I, I originally grew up in Surat, India. Surat, Gujarat is a small city. People who are from India would be familiar with Surat as the business city. There aren't any job opportunities there as much, but anyway, it's, uh, it's the biggest diamond and textile industry in the world. Uh, oh, wow. So it, so everybody whom I grew up around just did business. My father's in textile, mm-hmm. others into diamonds. So thinking about ever working for somebody else was not even an idea that my father mm-hmm. even registered and told me about while growing up. But uh, I eventually moved away for a boarding school to Mumbai. That's where I met people who were working in different industries, whose parents were doing different things. I still remember I was 15 or 14 when I first started to register the idea that, oh, so your dad works for KPMG and that's how it works. So you don't have a background that you can now lay up, like uh, you can work upon. So you also have to get a job. I didn't even know that because I was always told I would take over my dad's business. That was just something that I was told since I was five years old. I always thought that will be that's something that I eventually would want to do. But my dad's business was not something that I 
ever enjoyed doing. Like I started going to his business on the weekends. We used to go because he uh, he used to work six to seven days a week. I used to go there any of my free days. I used to see him work. It was very inspirational. He was definitely his hard work was something that I looked up to, and I thought I I would want to own my business someday as well. So that's how my groundwork started back in India. The road was on on wasn't always so smooth for me. I wanted to pursue engineering. That didn't happen for me back in India. I didn't get in India. We have an entrance exam. I didn't get into the top school. So my father and my parents suggested that do an education which could be something that you can fall back upon and supports mm-hmm. your dad's business eventually. And when I started studying into that accounts field, it was not something that intrigued me. And that's when the idea of coming to the U.S. popped up. That uh, now that I've it's it's second year in college. I was like, I saw I saw a lot of my friends around that time going to the U.S. pursuing pursuing their masters. I always wanted to do masters and uh, do as much education as I can before I joined the family business if I had to. So I decided let's apply for colleges around, give my GRE, give my IELTS, see how it plays out. We hired a cons. Uh, my family has a family advisor consultant. Like, well, my family doesn't have one, but it's a family friend who does consulting mm. education. So he was definitely a very pivotal member to tell my convince my parents as well that he can do this. He has the potential to go abroad, study, study more. Like your business is always going to be there. So why? not make him uh, why not make him do his masters before he joins the family business if he has to mm-hmm. so i so he definitely if i was just the one saying it they would not have probably agreed but he definitely pushed <laughs> the idea so that uh, was uh, that was a big help for me uh, i actually came here doing to do my mba because mba would like i'll get a different perspective on how a business is done and then i will pivot but once i got here I started to experience a lot of other things that it's about the US culture and everything. That's why I shifted to MSBA. I would, I've given a long description, but if I would let, I, I think we can change those, those things that I want to mention maybe in different questions. So if you guys have any questions, we can go forward. Or I can just keep on talking about this. Oh, we can ask no, you questions. Great. You're doing really yeah. good. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Really good. Good. Uh, it's a very interesting story in a way because I did not, I did not expect that I'll be doing jo- a job in the US long term. But as soon as I came to the U.S., one thing which I first noticed was how much more hard work is. Again, it's my perspective. Every any somebody can have a different perspective. How much hard work is more appreciated here, as much as it was back home. Uh, back home, growing up with the lifestyle that I grew up in, uh, I couldn't really picture myself working for somebody else and still live the same lifestyle that I was living right after college or during college. I had to be dependent on my father for. Uh, uh, my rent money or some other income while well, i came to the us and first semester in i was i think uh nidhi thakkar she was very kind enough to guide me to get initial jobs that you should start applying before you come here so you have a job when you get here i had no idea how important that was but she told me so i thought you know what i might as well apply so i got the computer uh assistant uh position i got a position in the cafeteria i did that uh, from the get go and i was making enough money to now start paying my own rent and my own expenses and i was like yo this is kind of cool that i i can work 20 hours a week and i can pay my rent and my bills and i don't have to be dependent on my father while up until i was 22 23 years old i'm guessing that's most kids in india not all of them but most kids they are dependent on their parents 
because you cannot really work anywhere and pay your bills it's just not possible if you're living in cities like mumbai delhi where all the good colleges are mm. so uh, i just felt that i have to take in uh, some assistance from him and i started it started to become less and less and my first semester in college i was all of a sudden independent where uh, i had 20 hours of uh, i also shifted my focus from working in the cafeteria and apply for positions that intrigued me uh, mm. in, from being a teaching assistant so i got two teaching assistant positions and a research assistant position and being the computer science assistant so that was cataloging to 20 hours although it was a lot of work on my plate but that's when i also switched from mba to msba because i learned that mba is an opt program which gives you only one year of opt after you graduate that's the one year work visa that you get but if you study from a stem opt program that's 1 plus 2 so you get three years of work visa when you graduate. So by any chance, you're not able to get a professional work visa shifting from your F1 visa to H1B visa. From F1B to H1B visa, you can still get two more years on your student visa to work. So I, I shifted from MBA because my major was already business analytics. So I shifted from MBA to MSBA because I knew I wanted to be a part of computer science, but I didn't have the traditional education for it. So it's like I have to spend extra hours in the computer lab. So I was very fortunate because I got Becky Friedman for computer for MS uh, for database management as my professor. She for some reason had a very good faith in me. So she would uh, tutor me a little bit. Um, she wouldn't tutor me on the side, but I always reached out to her whenever I got stuck in database management. And she would always like take extra, uh, take like a little bit of 15, 20 minutes after class or before class, or maybe or sometime on the weekend and then help me out in this manner. And then for management information systems, I had another professor, John Kalinowski. He was also amazing. He first, I've always been intrigued about technology, but I didn't really have a traditional background. So he just saw that my interest was there. I knew about companies. I I uh, knew about what these companies were doing. I knew about blockchain back in 2016, 2017, how crypto market is shifting. I was always investing in all of this stuff. So he just, it, 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 it. So he just said that you have a, a, a good acumen for this. You should probably pursue this. At that point, I didn't even think about it. It's my two months in, in the US. I didn't yeah, even think yeah. about that I can do this. I didn't have the self-confidence for it. And eventually... I got my first semester grades. I did well. I got A's in all my classes. I thought, you know, let's see if college allows me to shift. They were kind enough to do that. Second semester and I became an MSBA student. And now I'm a teaching assistant for MIS and DBMS. Both the classes that I first tried only six months ago. And I'm teaching now other students. So now I also have this pressure that I want to good. If I'm going to help somebody teach, I should know these subjects better. So I started studying extra and tried to get good at this. And once I started to get good at this, I started talking to other people and realizing that there is a good job market out there for people who understand and learn coding. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no, so I didn't, write a, I didn't write my first line of code until my three months in, until 2018, three months in, so maybe October, September. Uh, I, didn't write, I had not written a line of code in my life, and now that's my profession. Like in two years, I'm working as a senior analyst with a team of four people working with for me, which is like a good thing that just tells me that if you work for two or three years or maybe a year and a mm -hmm. half in coding, mm -hmm. you can have a good professional career where you can make easy six figures because that's how much you can do. You were saying something, Kemi. Sorry, I cut you off. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to say something that I note about your character is you have a very good go-getter personality. Because even when you were saying, um, I think you said you talked to a student before you went to school and they were like, you need to start applying for jobs now. Like it, that's what I try to tell some people if they try to reach out to me proactively, I'm like, start applying for jobs now because there wasn't a lot of jobs on campus. So the fact that you were able mm -hmm. to get two jobs, which is amazing because now mm -hmm. it's so tough because we do have a lot more students that are here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but I also like that you're so proactive that you're still connecting with professors. Even if you don't understand something, you're still taking that initiative mm -hmm. to try to understand yeah, it better, sure. which I think is absolutely amazing. And you really did soak up a lot of the resources on campus and everything that it had to offer, which I think is so awesome. Um, but I also wanted to ask a question too. So you, in terms, I know you like were, did a great job transitioning to academics. So how, so first off, was this the first time you came to the U.S. or did you come to the U.S. before? This is my first time going to be coming to the U.S. I had not come here before. I was always fascinated by this country. But <laughs> oh, it, it was, all my favorite companies are here. All my favorite, I've been watching Hollywood movies and TV shows since I was my that's again for my with my father i was since i was a little kid like i was always intrigued more with hollywood than bollywood so <laughs> uh, i always wanted to come here but i didn't know how and for just to travel wasn't something i wanted to do so uh, this was my first time when i packed my bags and came to clark i didn't know anybody at clark mm -hmm. like i didn't know i didn't have any connections at clark i didn't have any friends at Worcester, massachusetts did never even heard of the city before i came here so it was just that <laughs> of my bags. I, I, I. How did your family feel? They were also not sure what what my plans are. They just supported me. My my mom is extremely supportive in whatever I want to pursue. My dad always questions that you should have a five year plan. I didn't have a five year plan when I was coming here. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I had no idea. I just wanted to explore and study as much as I can before if I have to jump onto the family business because I know how that plays out. And I just wanted uh, uh, my idea to always tell him was. I know the things that I'm going to learn from you, I'm going to learn from you, but I want to get as many experiences as I can get before so I can add some value as well. And uh, back then, I just didn't think that I was adding too much value from my end to his business and just I would be doing the traditional way that he's been doing. And I would learn and grow, yes, of course. And then I can explore further. But I would. it's better for me to get more experiences in early and then I can mm -hmm. bring, those, bring those values and we can combine them and do it better that was something that i told him it was i don't think it was enough but he just said you know what let him do what he wants to do that's <laughs> nice that's nice uh, i always say clark was probably one of the best things that best things that happened to me in the recent years like because of clark's open structure being a liberal arts college and not extremely techy so it did not have when i got here there were only 12 or 13 other Indians who came along that batch. Now the number is is 50 to 60. So I'm guessing it was not the. Uh, so for me, I personally feel that that was the best best time to come because I pushed myself to join multiple clubs. Graduate school and undergraduate school is a very segregated at Clark, and I always felt that you know what, let me join all the undergraduate clubs that I can. So I. <laughs> the cultural the cultural inclusivity and diversity club there's a party club i forget the name that i joined i joined the democrats of clark all the undergraduate <laughs> clubs that 
can potentially fit in my schedule. I joined all of them. And I was the only graduate student in all of those clubs. So most of the actually undergraduate student friends that I had thought I was an undergraduate student. <laughs> and That's I made a amazing. lot of friends from very different countries, very different cultures, uh, which I feel is also very important. Like if you're coming to the US, uh, expose yourself to different cultures and communities. It's a big melting pot. Uh, I understand it's always comfortable to stay within your own ethnic group and community because it's easier that way. You can talk in the same language. You don't have to worry that you're offending somebody by saying something that is inappropriate. You, you don't really know as much and it's comfortable. And I understand that. I had a lot of friends from my Indian community as well, but I wanted to understand how different cultures are, how different people are. So I, it, it's, I definitely stretched myself thin in my friend groups where I was participating in all different cultures, uh, all different functions and events that are happening. Why am I going to a CASA event? Why am I going for a Latin American association group that I had? I used to attend all of these events and I used to be the only brown person there in some of them. It was very <laughs> interesting. It was always fun for me. I made a lot of friends this way and I understood. Uh, one thing that I always understood that it's very intriguing that Cultures definitely tell you how uh, shape your way of thinking. But at the end of the day, we are all so similar once you yes. get to know a person. Like that was something that I definitely took upon from Clark. I love that diversity that Clark has to offer because so many different groups come here. So it was definitely a good shaping moment for my personal career. Um, I didn't do a lot of the things right the first, first time around. I did not do an internship in college which I feel is the best way to get a full-time job in the U.S. I did not start applying at the right time. I started applying extremely late. I used to not use a proper calendar system to not keep track of my <laughs> stuff. I just like do post-its and just keep it around my room, which was not the, which I would say is not the most appropriate way to track if you're, if you're spreading yourself thin and doing a lot of things. So with, so with that, actually, let's tag on to that. What's some advice that you would give to students coming to the U.S. for the first time? Did you find that there was like any, um, any academics that were like slightly, di that didn't necessarily reflect the academics when you came to the U.S.? I know uh, what's one thing that we have, um, some countries don't do citing their sources or like MLA, APA. Were you familiar with doing that before you came here? Uh, not really, no. I had to learn that. Uh, we do write papers in school, but... Uh, I would say plagiarism is n not taken as seriously in India as it is taken here in the US. Now mm. it is. Now it is, again. Uh, but it also depends on college to college. Like if you're studying mm -hmm. in a really top school in India, probably there it is. I just didn't go to a top school. I went to a very uh, mediocre commerce school. So it wasn't taken as seriously in my college. They probably didn't have the resources to go and check if you have plagiarized or not. Like the professor would just go and read it. Right. So it, it again depends on school resources. So I, it's very subjective where you are studying. But for me personally, that wasn't the case. So I had to learn through all of this structure. Okay. This is how you would do the citations. This is how you would go about if you want to, how you would use Chegg if you want to use Chegg or how do you use all of these other online resources that are available for you. One advice that now I give to all college students is use tools like Notion, Obsidian, uh, Romeo. There are so many of these productivity tools that are available. I specifically have my whole life designed around Notion now. 
Notion has so many templates available for you to take notes, keep track of things, be have task managers, have a calendar, put all of those things before in place. One, don't just plan for what you want to do tomorrow. Plan for the mm. next or the entire month ahead. So you, when you are when you have a, your free time, you're not worrying and thinking, what should I do? Because if you are thinking around that time, you're probably, I shouldn't say this is a bad thing, but you're probably just turning on Netflix or YouTube and then going to waste your time there. If you have things on your plate that you know, okay, I have to get this done two weeks from now, you can just look at it and your free time, you can use that and do it right now then. And you can just move that on your calendar. Like it's so easy to use with these productivity tools that are available. And I have made my own templates and I share it to people all the time. Like my, I'm guessing six, seven of my friends just use my Notion template as their primary dashboard to track tasks. And I spread it. I'm like, it's free. Just use it. It's available. I have a website where I've put on all the links for those things. Just go ahead, click on those, download it. So it's very easy to do those things now. And all of this stuff I wasn't familiar with. There was nobody who's guiding me. And also one other mm-hmm. thing that I would say, if you're an international student, understand immigration laws properly. Mm-hmm. Like what is the different, what is your OPT timeline? What is an e-verification process for a company? How do you use your unemployment days effectively? And why it is why it's good to understand that the 90 days are unemployment plus 60 days on STEM is cumulative. Because a lot of students, what they do is, I, I wouldn't advise people doing this, but uh, they do not stop their unemployment days right away after they graduate. Like it's very important to stop the unemployment days right after you graduate. I understand that taking your job takes time, 40, but if you've wasted 50, 60, 70 days of your first nine days of unemployment uh, to find a job, because it does take time. Average time to get a job in the US is four months. Uh, and best case scenario is two months. That's almost 60 days if you are, if you have the best case scenario and you get mm-hmm. only 90 days and it's also cumulative so you don't really understand that oh if i wasted 60 days now what happens if things don't go right at this new job and you get laid off now you just have it, the 90 day clock doesn't start from zero again now you just have 30 mm-hmm. days left to find a job that's that's scary 30 days you won't find a job you're done you have to go back to your country <laughs> now like it's not even if it's the best case scenario, the background check alone for most companies take 20 to 25 days. It's very important to just plan that how I can get an offer letter. Because when you're in OPT, you don't have to necessarily get paid. Just volunteer somewhere. If you even if you volunteer mm-hmm. somewhere, they can give you a volunteering letter and you can stop your unemployment days. And you don't have to volunteer for 20 hours. You just volunteer for part-time, 12, 15 hours. Get an unpaid internship. You don't really have to get paid necessarily, but what is does it stop your unemployment days? Now you can look for jobs in the free time that you have because you will have a ton of it and you can just work a little bit part time. Like all of this stuff is very important and nobody tells you this. Like that was these are really good tips. Yeah, they really are. These are really good tips. I think it's cool because last week we talked to Susanna and so she talked about like this is kind of new to me, but like the OPT, CPT. So she she like talked about the process, but to have somebody that's been through all that and you're giving like real life situations, Sid. So I think this is really like relatable to a lot of students because I'm, I'm learning a lot. I, I don't know any about anything about this stuff. So this is really cool. Can I ask, I have a question, like kind of going back to the beginning of your journey. Can you talk about, well, it sounds like you had a great experience at Clark. Can you talk about like on the front end, your, your search to find a graduate program and like what, what, what led you to choose Clark? Um, 
again i probably don't have the most traditional story in this department since i i did not do really well in my undergraduate program because i was doing accountancy but i was also doing a lot of other internships on the side i didn't really like accounts and so i worked as i worked with a journalism startup as a writer i worked with the film industry as a little bit of a site production assistant i did uh, i worked in a textile industry to understand how the business is with a really really big multinational company my dad hooked me up with that internship it was not like an internship it was like just a part time i was working in every department uh, i also worked with a food delivery startup which is now really big in india i was it, at infancy stages as just like a sales representative so i just doing a lot of things on the side didn't really focus that much on school but all of this doesn't really help you get a good college program because they look at your gpa and what mm-hmm. you have actually done so if you are if you are if you are from a, if you are studying msf let's say finance so you they ha- they want to see how what you did before in studies as much i so i a lot of the really top schools didn't really take me uh, mm-hmm. and i also tried applying really late the reason mm-hmm. i chose clark specific i got offers from three colleges all uh, kani baru in new york uh, rochester and clark uh, i wasn't sure why why am i doing masters in the first place like i didn't have a good structure around it but i wanted to do masters and uh clark just offered me a really great scholarship like they gave me uh 33% in the beginning and then i negotiated and they were able to give me 50% scholarship so this is why most you're lucky because gonna... because i will say this right now because you're gonna get me in trouble <laughs> you're really lucky because i have students come to my office like can i negotiate i'm like look my hands are tied they usually say no so <laughs> So I'm just going to say that for the other students that are right now that are listening. <laughs> so, so, so I, special. I, would, I would say one thing. It d- doesn't hurt to ask. Like it doesn't hurt to ask. I would also recommend like Absolutely. if you can ask, even if you get a no, you get a no. Like just ask. It doesn't matter. Like state your case. These are my financial state, uh, situation right now. Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Like if the worst case is they're just going to say you no. But that's, mm-hmm. that gives you the confidence that you asked. you presented your case and then they decided not to do it like it doesn't hurt that's why i always recommend i didn't know that you could ask for an ask for a, a higher scholarship i had no idea somebody just told me to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like so it is definitely in that kind of case cuz usually like when they ask it's like we're kind of awarded that's it and also i think what might have been a little bit different too was which i want to get in with you in a moment is um this is probably around the time like covid maybe just started happening so now the budget's changed a little bit cuz covid yeah. but um i want to get to your experience too so not only were you in the US for the first time and you're getting doing academic studies but then also here out of left field comes covid can you kind of explain that your experience completing yeah. your degree program and then covid happens you're not close to home you're still trying to maintain your grades can you just give us a little um info about that Uh, covid definitely threw me a little bit of a curveball around there because you know i was a graduate student council president and i wanted to leave like a good impression going forward like after i left so i had planned this big event for all the graduate students students done uh, for because every year there is like a good graduation ceremony so we'd book like a nice hotel we'd done all the bookings from our end 
And I also didn't feel prepared enough to graduate, if I'm being honest. I wanted to extend my college. I was like, I'm not ready for my experience to get done. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss college. Like, this was such a good learning experience for me. And then now COVID comes and it's like, oh, you can't even go to school anymore. Oh, I was like, this is just like <laughs> the worst case possible scenario. And then on top of that, after a month of COVID, like mid-March, uh, end of March, uh, I had an offer from a good company. They rescinded their offer because mm -hmm. they weren't sure how the remote environment space is going to work. Like now we know mm -hmm. how convenient it is to be remote, but at that point, nobody even thought that you're going to be just doing Zoom meetings all day. Like it's just something that I <laughs> get thought about. So I I wasn't doing so great. Like I just, I didn't know the unemployment rate ro rose to 30%, I remember in April. And uh, I'm applying for jobs anyway, international students, we don't really know how to go about this process. I was like, Again, I felt like I was failing again. Even after doing good in school, I had a 3.9 GPA. I had done multiple teaching assistant positions. I didn't have an internship, which I was regretting more or less because I had an internship possibility, but I chose to do research with Professor Davu instead, which I felt like now was not the best decision because if I had an internship, I can that could get converted into a full-time job, but I didn't do an internship. I chose to do study in college instead, do research, which was not the best idea I felt at that time. So I was like, what am I going to do? But that's when my connections helped. Like I had built a good relationship with Kelly. Kelly knew who I was as a student. Uh, so I reached out to Kelly that uh, I had a job lined up, but now I don't anymore. That was mid-April. And she said, I will see what I can do, but I don't really have anything. You just know how the environment is. And some uh, around that same week or same period, I reached out to Kelly. Uh, people from DH Keen reached out to Kelly because they had previously worked with a Clark student before uh, a few years ago and they want they had a new project coming up and they wanted to see if there's somebody whom we can take upon. And this job was again remote, it was all development, a lot of work that I had not done previously. Uh, but Kelly suggested that I have this guy, Siddharth, he can probably work on it. And May 1st week, they reach out to me we do two interviews and I have a job now lined up right before I'm about to graduate. Like it was wow. so, yeah. so I, I was extremely lucky because a lot of my friends didn't really have that whose job mm -hmm. was ended. They were still struggling. So I got extremely lucky in that department of graduating right away from college. It was part-time in the beginning, but soon after a month it became full-time, which was great and a good learning experience for me. But that job, was supposed to again i had no idea what e-verification how important that was now if a company wants to apply for h1b it has to be e-verified didn't know that and my company wasn't e-verified so we started talking sometime and i didn't know about this maybe like up until november december of uh, working with them after four or five months because nobody brought it up like i was all my friends knew i had a job but nobody brought it up in my i was also probably lazy enough to not research it properly because i had a job i was working full time i was making decent money i was fine like i, I yeah. was just doing other but stuff you also, but you also didn't know probably how to research it either you know because it would have never have thought so never really have thought about it and uh it's just something that should be probably first mentioned i would say in orientation for any college like i would say bring this up in orientation right away because if at clark if you look at the graduate student uh, student base and the way the way it's split up i think it's 70 to 80 percent international students at this point so most of them have to go to the code to go through this process so might as well say all of these things in the beginning so they have this thing in their head so you can register it so when they have to 
when they are going into the job market they're researching it more aptly and not mm. just getting any jobs like that's something that i would recommend first thing you know i'm 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 literally recording like four or five videos right now on you as because i wanted to start a youtube channel literally explaining day zero do this day 100 do this day 200 do this day 300 do this like because every scale is different and i want to explain these things as clearly laid out as possible because it's there is information out there but i feel like it's just available in different places and different resources mm -hmm. i personally find it at the same place where you can just go at this go at this one location and get it so i felt from my personal experience because at dhkin again the worst thing that could possibly happen to me had, had happened right around the time i started talking with these guys about being e-verified so they can do my extension for h1 they can file for my h1b application my it was a really small family-owned company so my manager fell sick and around a month later he suddenly just passed away mm -hmm. uh, and all of our projects just got held they were kind mm -hmm. of with me for a month now they are not even going through the verification process and after a month later they said we have to lay you off we cannot you, all the projects that you're working on are shut down and i had no plans of applying for jobs now i didn't even have a good 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 enough updated resume or portfolio so i was like okay i'm stuck and this is why my first unemployment day started to kick in i didn't bother as much thinking oh i have to need to stop it up until 45 days had passed and i had failed like three or four interviews already and now i was starting to get worried that what's gonna happen uh that's when i started to reach out for volunteering opportunities i signed up for microsoft deals program to start to be an assistant teacher there and that's how i stopped my unemployment days and i was still looking for jobs but now june was july was coming up that was my opt end date and for applying for stem extension you have to apply 30 days before or else your application because your application has to be submitted processed and received before your end date that again nobody told me they just told me that okay i mean i should have researched it's again my fault i didn't do prior research i was just too uh, yeah but and yeah you obviously didn't know and then too like also to put sometimes uh laws in terms of visas can switch and um even the people in the isso office they have to like may be on top of laws all the time because sometimes they can switch like out of nowhere too so maybe they don't say it in the front line just in case something changes because even looking at covid um we were holding our breath because at one point before COVID, it was you had to be in two in-person classes and then one online. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it was like, well, it's COVID. We're not, everything's shut down. And it's like, mm -hmm. had to change stuff up. And it's like, we're not going to, and we're like, hopefully this law is going to change because why, how are we going to just tell students, oh, you have to go home now? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because of our format. So, but thankfully the laws did get updated. I feel like yeah. it was almost in the midnight hour, but it was like, if you are, if you're like a current student, you could be online, but if like you first came for that first semester, you need like one in person, the rest could be online. But I remember just holding our breath, like this needs to change. Something mm -hmm. needs to change for the better right now, or we're going to be in trouble yeah. and our students are going to be suffering. What's going to happen? Mm. But, but yeah, visa laws, they can be, they can just change from time to yeah. time. So, oh, with international students, yeah, it's not easy with international students. I mean, I I also feel like structure is still the same, but yeah, days and timelines can switch up because I'm guessing uh, with but the I was just reading Biden administration is now changing the way H one B lottery is gonna lottery system is gonna work starting next year. 
So I really wanted to, uh, I feel like up until now it was all random, but now they're going to start mm. doing some merit base as well. So if you've studied mm. PhD, you have a higher chance. I'm not 100% sure. It's not final yet, but they have been looking about it. So which I do not like as much because now if you've done your PhD, you have a higher chance, which, which makes sense. Like if you're mm. studying, it makes point. sense. But if you're now, it also means that if you're on a higher pay grade, that also means you're more merit. So somebody's making good. So what if I am, I want to work for an NGO and I'm okay working, getting a 60K because I want to be an environmentalist, but mm-hmm. now my chance of getting an H1B is lower because of it. Like that is, that doesn't seem fair. I chose a low paying job because I want to be an advocate. So I just feel like that's not the best way to go about it. Random lottery is the most appropriate. But again, we'll see how everything plays out. So you're right. Like laws, these laws can change from time yeah. to time. Juice said, maybe we should just have you sitting on whoever does the laws for me because <laughs> you're giving exactly really insight here. I know, like, yeah. Seriously, you really are. We're gonna do a, a ramble on that, a relevant ramble on that when the when that comes out. I mean, that's really that sounds really interesting. But you made a good point that yeah, the, the lottery just, like merit base. Not the be best. Good. Yeah, I don't think it's the best idea. Like, I just personally don't feel it is because mm-hmm. then it, depending on which college you graduated from, like, I just don't right. feel. It's not because graduates to graduate school is what you make of it. You can be from Harvard or, or Columbia, but that doesn't mean that you're the top student. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Graduate. Like you can be from any college and do well. Like I personally know people from Clark who are now gra- who graduated from software engineering undergrad, but now are making over 250, 300K with their in two, two years down the line. Like they are doing really well. So, but they graduate from a liberal arts college, which is not even a mm-hmm. college. Like it's just, it, so it just really depends on how you decided to bring value. That is one thing which I say a lot of, to a lot of students who are now that focus on how you can bring value to somebody else. Like that is the most important thing, especially if you're in the tech industry. It's very good to upskill yourself and it's very good to be able to communicate well. It's uh, to be able to understand and speak about your experiences. But if you're not bringing value to somebody by your work, then why would they hire you? Mm-hmm. Like I, mm. I, I had spread myself thin in being good at a few things. Like I could code a little bit in SQL, code a little bit in Python, code a little bit in tab, uh, do a little bit of visualization on Tableau. Was okay with Excel, but I was not really bringing any concrete value. That okay, this is my focus. I know it's good be be a jack be a jack of all trades. Like that's something I appreciate. Uh, I've always preferred doing, but pick a niche. Like if you're international, pick a little bit of a niche that I like business intelligence then I'm going to understand Tableau that I'm probably one of the best people to work with if I'm going to do Tableau. Like that's, or B, if you're going to do Python, pick Python, that that's the, one of the best that I'm going to be at. Or just know more than uh, most people because that way you are bringing in value for your employer because they want to look at your experience and what you have done, but they kind of want to see that what you can do for them more than what you have done in the past. Like they're not going to dissect your past and then figure out that he can do this for us and we can work with him this way. You have to be able to show it to them. That's something that I learned from my interview experiences because I just give interviews for fun at this point. 
Like I just sign up for interviews to see what's out there. Like I have a new job lined up. I shouldn't be saying. I mean, I'm guessing a podcast doesn't come out soon. But I I start with my new job on Tuesday. But I have two interviews on Wednesday and Thursday. Wow, that's good practice. Though. That's I kind of, know. That's hilarious. You must be really good in these interviews. You must be like oh, nothing now. I have this whole uh, job hunt uh, page that I've made on Notion, which. Uh, I've broken down interview questions, email templates, message templates, wow. job writing templates, career cheat codes, company names, recruiters and hiring managers, and all of my friends have it. Like I just like I, and I update it constantly. So maybe like fifteen, twenty people from Clark have it at this point. Yeah, <laughs> they just, I just spread it out and like just use it. Like it's all the things that you need. It's it has divided into college. Messages: How you should network, how you should go about networking. What's the message you should send? Uh, just broken it, broken it down. What emails you should you should send if it's a first-time email for opportunity? Wow. What you should respond? Just like because I found all of these. I didn't write most of these emails. These are just available online. Some people just else somebody else wrote it. I just put them all at the same page. This is just my belief that if you follow, because network, even my current job. I feel like I've bulked up life for more than a thousand jobs, but all my four jobs that I've got in the U.S. are through networking. Current job, I messaged Ed Thomas, who's the D, who's the director of data engineering at Paramount, in December. Just randomly, I was just like, "You helped facilitate a process for a friend of mine. Uh, she uh, had high praises." Uh, she didn't really say anything. I just saw that she had tagged it, so I just like made up a story and I just sent it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a short message because on LinkedIn you have like three hundred characters, right? So I have written messages like this that gives you a little bit of information about you, not but ma- enough to make them curious, but not enough to let mm-hmm. them know what it is. And now they just want to ask you. He just asked me to send me his resume sometime in January, uh, early January, and then I did not hear back from him for like. 40 days like not even four weeks sorry and uh end of january i get a message from uh, um, who's going to be my future manager rachel she just randomly wow. called me at like 8 9 p.m that i got your resume from ed are you in the job market i was like yeah i'm looking for jobs she's like are you free to speak with me tomorrow and i just spoke with That's her amazing and yeah. then i ended up getting this job which is just in the best case scenario i actually uh, so I got I got a couple of offers this time, but I always wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry, so I chose this one. And also, I because I was in a good state where I had a job and I had another offer, I could negotiate for a higher salary. So now I'm getting paid really well. I'm I'm being I'm getting to lead my own team. I'm go I'm getting I'm going to be moving to LA next month, which I'm very much looking forward to. Wow. So it just like happened. And you can bulk apply. You'll get interviews through bulk apply. Yes, I just feel like reaching out to people on LinkedIn. It's such a good resource. And even using Clark Connect, like my first job through Clark Connect, right? Because I just met somebody. Mm-hmm. Kelly helped me reach out to the, somebody who was active on Clark community. So have your profile ready everywhere. And just message people in random. Stay in touch. Who knows when you find something there and then they, you know, you can, that can end up becoming something fruitful for you. Because bulk application is great, but then you have to start really early. Like, mm-hmm. you know you are graduating in May, that means you have to start applying in 
November, December or September, October, December, the previous year, and nobody really starts doing it. You're in school, you have your semester's exams, you have your deadlines of college. You don't really apply for colleges. You don't give it as much thought when you are th it's that early so if you but if you do your connections right then that connections can help you land an internship early and then it's just better that way that's just my personal experience and i want to say too, I, I like how you how you um how you said that because i think sometimes we're like yeah apply early but when people think apply early they're literally thinking i have to go on indeed and do an application that way but the way mm -hmm. that you're saying is make your connections early whereas mm -hmm. you're trying to network and then sometimes just sending like a cold email with a resume so i, I like how you did that because that's that i think is much wiser because you could end up in a scenario where you are now 40 days later they're reaching out to you because they have your resume. Yeah. So I think it's you, you said that so well. Because mm -hmm. traditionally, I think I'm like, oh, they should start looking on Indeed now, but the job is for now. But no, how you said it is is really well done. I think that put yourself out there. Yeah, put yourself out there. That's great insight for international students and even for for myself in the U.S. Yeah, even for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing. No, these are this is really good. Like really, really good tips. Like no, I'm like really impressed. Like this yeah. is amazing. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. Make sure your resume is ATS friendly as well if you're doing bulk bulk applications. Like I feel like we cram in uh, ATS friendly is the automated tracking systems because most companies now use ATS for scanning for keywords. So sure. Sure. Uh, make sure your resume is ATS friendly. Like all these fancy resumes are good to have, but I keep the fancy resumes which are more like designer friendly for referral like positions because if you are getting a referral from a company, then your resume most likely will directly reach to the hiring manager. But if you have an ATS, but you're if you're applying directly to the job, that means it's going through the ATS software first. And then it, after it looks at keyword, then it's going to the recruiter. And then the recruiter calls you for a screening call, and then it goes to the hiring manager. So, and when it goes to the hiring manager, you always have a chance to send your updated resume again. Say that this is my updated mm -hmm. resume. You can always send the updated resume after the recruiter has done their screening call. So have an ATS mm -hmm. which has all the keywords, and then once the recruiter calls you, uh, because if it's an ATS friend resume, it's most likely gonna get picked. The recruiter gives you a screening call, speak with them, and then tell them that I have an updated resume. This is my latest one. So if once the hiring manager gets it, now they have your fancy resume as well. So wow. I, that's my approach of like going about it, this process, because when I'm doing that, then I'm sending them my portfolio website that I have. So because all of that stuff doesn't really, the ATS software doesn't really care. Like if it's, if, if you have a good, it looks portfolio, pretty, it looks pretty. They don't, they just like scan for keywords. But so I have like, I probably have like 50, maybe a hundred resumes at this point. I don't even know how many, like I have just <laughs> folders and folders and folders of resumes because I've gone through this process, such a big struggle. Like I first right. time, first time I didn't really have to struggle. But the second time finding a job, I had to struggle a lot, like two months, three months, I was just struggling and I ended up getting a job through a family connection. Like if mm -hmm. I didn't really, I didn't even know I had that family connection. I just reached out to my parents, my parents reached out to somebody and then somebody's wife called some somebody's friend and that somebody helped me get that job. So it was probably like, and I spoke with them first in March and I ended up started working in July. So it still took like three, four months for me to get everything in order. So it takes time. I, I always say start early, as early as you can. I tell now new students coming in, start applying for internships from the day you got in the US. Like, if you're not applying for internships, you come here, get your first 
first month things in order make your friends it's very important to have friends and a good community around mm-hmm. to support you extremely important but one month in now you have gotten familiarized with where the library is where the computer lab is who are your friends like you've made those connections in the beginning start reaching out start using now these resources to go on clark connect or any of your colleges connect pages are reach out to people who are working at good companies linkedin has such a good filtering system you just write clark university filter it by people you will get all bunch of people who are in this specific field and then if you want to dig deeper and filter further you can filter it by company and filter it by job position like you just have these filters available for you on linkedin filter all of these things and send them a message that hi i just want to speak with you 10 15 minutes want to know your experience i'm still in school uh something like that and if you are just showing it to them that you are open to speak with them you're not just directly asking for i do not recommend asking for a referral over a message on linkedin do not do that like nobody's going to respond to <laughs> like anyway the response rate is like 2 to 3% so <laughs> no okay this candidate is like i he can speak well he knows what he's talking about now i feel comfortable referring him but now you can have a referral set up i still have i st- and stay in touch with people like i have connections in so many different companies whom i reached out to the first time I was that uh, i was looking for jobs and i just like messaged them every few months how have you been 5 minute conversation 10 minute conversation but now he still remembers me still knows right. my name so if i am looking for job in the future now i can ask him hey can you refer me at google or amazon i don't really know him personally wow. never really met but like i just messaged him <laughs> on new years hey happy new years i hope you're doing well <laughs> do that It's so just- smart i know said So what you're basically going to have us do is we're probably going to have you on in the future is mostly just talking about international students applying for jobs and even just regular people <laughs> even in the mm-hmm. US applying for jobs cuz I your insight here has been so I'm lack of a better word right now <laughs> it's just been very insightful and thank you so much for just sharing your time with us um we're getting to that time but I wanted to give you a chance to actually shout out like your your portfolio your online sources that you have because it sounds like you have a database yeah. so yeah just yeah. shout out your linkedin whatever you want to um of how people can best connect with you so and in that too so can you briefly I know we talked before we recorded like can you briefly just talk about like you you're consulting I'm calling a consultant I know you're not doing it like you're not yeah. charging people can you like mention that too and if, if is it is it available to like people that want to reach out to you Yeah, uh, I have a portfolio website siddhani.com. Uh, all of my links that I mentioned here about my Notion, all of those links are available on my portfolio website. I also have a Calendly invite there, so you can just like book schedule whenever you see a free time on my schedule. Just go on wow. there siddhani.com. You can just like book it up, and uh, I would do my best to speak with you. Like, uh, I've been most free for the past two weeks because I was. transitioning jobs i also wanted a break it's the most freest time i've had since i come to the us so last two weeks that's all i've been doing i've been just like speaking with people throughout this whole time so go uh, if you yeah my website would be siddhani.com s i d d a n i.com and i'm still updating it like i love i my all my notion templates are not on there uh now that i've mentioned it here i'll make sure that i update it today uh it's not that easy to upload these things You have, for, you have time don't worry you have, you have you have like a month or so maybe a few yeah. weeks but yeah go take your time 
Okay, cool. So I will once before it comes out, I'll update everything on the most latest stuff because I it's it's a constant update. You have to I, because I update my dashboards and these things quite regularly, but I don't get a chance to upload it on my portfolio. So a little bit of an old content is out there, but you can still find my calendar. You can still talk with talk speak book a book sometime with me. I'll be changing some things around it because once I start working, it's gonna be nine to five, and I'm gonna be busy. So mm-hmm. I'll do that. But yeah, uh, happy to help oh, anybody. And then have you created your YouTube video as well? Did you want to shout that out? Or are you in the process of that now? Yeah, um, I have recorded the first one. But like you said, you want to plan ahead. I want to record all four or five before and edit them and then send them. I'm learning Adobe Premiere Pro as we speak. I've taken like an online course to do editing properly on it. That's why I got all these mic and set up. So I'm done. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well yeah, thank send, you. Like, share it with the, I'll, I'll, I'll say share it with us too. So we'll put it in our show notes. We can always oh. update the show notes too. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, I think you said a month, right? So it should come out like in next week or two. So I will definitely send everything. Oh, to you cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you perfect. so much for having me. Like, this was such a fun conversation. Like, I'm Thank you. Great. This is very important for international students and, and students in general to have like a platform where they can talk about their experiences. Like, uh, we're going to, because I feel like podcasts are such a good way to learn about stuff. One interview tip that I have for people listen to if you're doing an interview for a specific job listen to the podcasts that are available in that domain because you will hear people the keywords that people want to hear who are interviewing you from somebody's experience and now you can incorporate that so i do that quite i listen to so many podcasts on my free time when i'm working out whenever i'm doing something i better than music i just listen to a podcast i just like Mm. listen so that just helps you to know the keywords and the words and the terminologies. And now you're interviewing and you can use those keywords and terminologies. So it just like helps you in the interview as well. Okay, that's the last tip. Uh, I hope people uh, get some value out of this. No, uh, thank you so much, Sid. This has been impressive, like tips that I've never thought to use for, like not like thought to like tell students or like use for myself. Um, so this has been, yeah, really inspiring and Kemi even said before you came on here I don't know Sid Kemi knows Sid personally I don't know Sid I was like outside of today but she already told me you were like inspirational and I've definitely told been you <laughs> yeah no she, she's, no she absolutely told me and yeah you've been very very like thorough I said I think it's really cool to have like a relatable experience for like you said just just people in general anybody that's just like trying to get to a next step will definitely benefit from this from this episode and your insight. So thank you so much for for being on here with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kami. Thank you so much, Kiki. I really appreciate the kind words. And have me on anytime, yeah? I really, I would love to talk about all of this stuff. Don't worry, we will. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely will. And thank you everyone for listening in to another episode. We hope you listen to our next one. Take care. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.